0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tom Ray's Art Podcast. I am Tom. On today's show, this is the first in person interview that I've done since, God, maybe two seasons ago. No, last season I did one. Either way, it's the first one since the whole shutdown. So I meet someone today in Madison, uh, Stephen Lee Rich. He is a singer songwriter, uh, comedian. He actually comes from a comedy background. He's been doing, he's been a self sustaining musician. Since the 70s, he started out in Chicago. He then we go through the whole timeline of how he ended up here in Madison, what he's doing now, the type of music he does, how he uh, a lot of the places, famous places that he played along the way, uh, most of them closed. That's one of the things that we discover is every place he seems to play always ends up getting closed down or demolished or something, which was kind of a funny little running gag that went throughout the episode, but uh, we sit down and talk and it's in person. It was great. I was, it was at my new studio. Well, not my new studio. I started, I wanted to do some video recordings at my band studio. So this is what happened. I had it all set up. I went there the night before, had the camera set up, set up the angles, got the lighting right, had the mic set up, had everything all set Left it there, met him the next day, went to turn it on. And one of my cameras just could not be recognized. Like something went wrong. And I'm like, so we ended up only doing an audio version of this podcast, which that's too bad. And and I had it. So I still have something. uh, I only have like one more in-person interview here uh, on this season so far. And hopefully, maybe I'll have something hooked up by then. I don't know. We'll see. But for right now, yeah, it's, it's only audio. Um, but it was great to meet him. It was, uh, I was glad that he reached out to me and we sat down and talked about the crazy musician life that this person has lived and also how he plans on doing a live stream, live comedy stream, variety show type thing. His whole background is in variety and vaudeville and, uh, his music's kind of Americana. So here is my interview with Stephen Lee Rich starting right now. <laughs> what i saw is you're originally from california no chicago chicago oh so okay. It's, okay so tell me so tell me the long strange
1: trip of getting here to madison uh long strange trip i i've started out really might my... next year officially i will i will begin my 50th year okay as an entertainer i'm counting from 1972 when i did my first actual gig okay okay uh, most people will count from the first time somebody handed you money well for me that was in 69 I was in California
0: okay
1: uh, visiting friends in Merced in Mariposa and it was over Labor Day weekend there was a county fair and I entered the talent contest and won five bucks in the first round okay but I'm not gonna count my career from there I didn't actually start working you know yeah, until yeah. three years later uh, but I've done, I think, just about everything you can do okay. <laughs> in this business. I've, I started as a folk singer in in Chicago when the folk scene really was winding down. You know.
0: it was it was towards the tail end of it everybody was getting into the disco
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and that's kind of what was happening and it got to a point actually in the mid 70s where if you called yourself a folk singer you could not get arrested let it, a little higher really well then why did you do it <laughs> you know this is what I do why well, made the lateral move to comedy clubs hmm. because in, in at that time folk musicians were also entertainers you know the ethic because we had been mainstream show business for so long and doing mains you know even the kingston trio and peter paul and mary did vegas yeah okay yeah so you know there was an ethic there of being an entertainer Mm -hmm. as well and so there was a lot of the vaudeville ethic that came down to it
0: right so it was more of the
1: it wasn't just songs it was shtick leading into songs. Yeah. And, it was, it you know, funny intros, this kind of thing. Okay. So I made the lateral move in the comedy clubs yeah. for a couple of years, which you it know. seems
0: like a smart move. Yeah. It
1: worked for a while, yeah. you know, and, uh, I was, uh, what, what, what is now called a guitar act. That term didn't exist at the time, <laughs> you know, okay. it was just, there was a lot of guys like me who had just kind of lost any possibility of getting work, you know, as, as singers and, but still knew how to do the stand up right we were about, we were hiding behind the guitars, you know. right you know my w-
0: were you a a folk singer that learned stand up or did you also have a background in stand up I guess is or did you have to adjust because of that?
1: I had to adjust some, but I you know I've always been fascinated by both comedians and singers, yeah. so you know I, I had certain yeah. comedic heroes mm-hmm. anyway, and I've always wanted to do a whole lot of different things. I've never, some will call a multi-talent. I prefer to think of it as a severely short attention span. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you, know? uh, you know, so I, you know, my, my, my singing heroes, actually the first singer I ever imitated as a kid was Bing Crosby. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so it wasn't even in that genre. Right. I mean, it was, you know, big band singers. And, uh, the second one, oddly enough, was the other end of the scale, which was Frankie Lane. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. You know? Nice. All right. Which is, it is strange, but there it is, you uh-huh. know, uh, going through my dad's record collection. And that was pretty eclectic. You know, classical, it had various different kinds of jazz, anything from from uh, traditional jazz to bebop, mm-hmm. you know. And it was the 50s. Bebop was a new thing that, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but on the other hand he also had some Spike Jones records, <laughs> he had, you know, some Mort Saul, he had you know Nicholson May and Right. Stan Freeberg. <laughs> Nice. Oh,
0: yeah. I like some Stan Freeberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny I guy. got to
1: hear some stuff that nobody, the general public, didn't get to hear because my dad was in the advertising business. Oh. Okay. So he, he made, would get like promotional items. Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Oh. They, you know, every once in a while we get the singles, the forty fives. They'll be, be sent out to DJs with the commercials on them. And right. Stan Freeberg oh, made I would love commercials to find some of those. Okay. And you know what was funny is there were maybe three commercials on it, mm-hmm. on one side, and the other side was. His programming notes. Oh. Which were invariably hilarious. Because he was always, you know, poking fun at the ad business in these things. And they were, the general public has never heard some of this stuff. And some of it is just. It was just wonderful. Yeah, it's just insane.
0: Well, and it's fascinating too because the running gag on the Stan Freeberg show was the fact that they could not find a sponsor.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. here he is doing all these ad spots. Yeah, oh, that's really. Hilarious. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, the, you know, he has the unique distinction of being the last network radio comedian. I yeah, I would say that. Okay. okay. That I mean, very, serious. and he was. He he took a perverse pride in yeah. that. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> you know, be, people. So you know, there were there was that. Then uh, you know, the people I saw on television. I had a, a great love of the old variety shows. Right. You there know, were a lot so, of them then too. And there yeah. were you know that was it. It was the old vaudevillians mm-hmm. doing what they'd done in vaudeville. Mm-hmm. You know. So my my heroes from that aspect were uh, Tavellist uh, Red Skelton. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. You know. And uh, the Gleason, and, and you know, so on, and keep going down the list, right?
0: And even the Smothers Brothers did do kind of the same oh, thing yeah. with the folk I music. i always
1: loved the Smothers Brothers, yeah. That was that, may maybe the ultimate expression of what you know, folk music turned into, yeah, you know. Um, uh, but it was winding down in the 70s, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is just you know, the public gets tired of it. Part of it was the Hootenanny TV show. Oh, um, And yeah. the problem with that thing was that uh, they wouldn't hire Pete Seeger because he was on the blacklist. He was on the the, the left over from the Red Scare of the 50s. Okay. Yeah. And so a lot of the best performers would not go on the show. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, Tom Paxton, Dillard. Joe Baez, so on. Yeah. None of these people would go on the show. The quality, you know, the top quality people in folk music wouldn't go. So what they wound up with is PewDiePie and Mary and Kingston Trio clones. Yeah. Singing the more insipid, (laughs) you know, tired, everybody does this, damn it, on the open mic songs. That helped kill it. That and ultimately – it wound up that the, like the last folk singer in mainstream was, was uh, John Denver. <laughs> you <know? That's>
0: true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, in, you know, during this time period, so this is when you're still in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I'm still in Chicago, and this is when I'm really learning the craft. Okay. And uh, there were some wonderful clubs still in Chicago. There was a place called the Barbarossa, which was over on uh, North Dearborn Street. North Side just off of the rest Street strip mm-hmm. and it was in the the lobby of uh, what was called the Dearborn North Hotel Now this hotel had a great history you know it had been one of the top hotels back in the day back in you know the the, the, the war years and, okay and, and, and during the depression and people like Fred Astaire and that it, it stayed in this, this well, hotel. well all right the Barbarossa was the last vestige of the original lobby. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, that was the last part of the original lobby that was left was this little bar off in the corner. They turned the it. lobby into a bar is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. That's you cool.
1: Know, yeah. And it was a wonderful place. And uh, Nancy Dow, who owned the place, used to say, you know, I don't run a, I don't run a saloon. I run a living room that serves booze. No. <laughs> it's actually a good slogan. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it really was. Like, I mean, it was, you know, it was home to a, a lot of us. It was just the second home for a while. Mm-hmm. When I got in, when that started winding down, uh, then there was Somebody Else's Troubles, which was owned by Earl Pianchi, the Earl of Old Town. Okay. Uh, the Holstein brothers, Fred and Ed.
0: That sounds familiar. I don't know Fred why Fred Holstein
1: that. was a quite well-known folk singer in the Midwest. Okay. Back, back then. Uh, may, may, may his memory be for a blessing. Um he died several years ago. Okay, and uh, Steve Goodman was the other partner, partner, which is why it got the title after one of his songs, "Somebody Else's Troubles." Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but there was a that was a wonderful place, and I played the open mic there. All then a book there, but I played the open <laughs> mic frequently, you know. Um, and I learned a lot, particularly from Fred. You know, yeah, and 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 uh, particularly about singing. Uh, Fred Fred was one of the few people in Chicago who didn't write. Okay. <laughs> you know, she, the, the ethic had already come in. You have to be a songwriter. Right. <laughs> you know, and I bowed to that pressure for a while and <laughs> – you know, I actually spent 1976 writing something every day and a song a week.
0: Okay. And what, what sort of genre would you I say? I was
1: still in the, in folk at that.
0: But at were you, that. were you uh, adding comedic elements or were you doing the serious thing? What, like how I
1: you... was, I was still, you know, I was still developing my act at that point. Okay. I, I'd been at it like four years and I was still, you know. And you're just now
0: sitting four. down to become a songwriter? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and I, I, 76, I, I, I spent that whole year. I said, okay, I'm going to learn this craft. I'm going to you know nail this down figure yeah. out how this works uh out of that period of time out of you know 52 or more so more than that because sometimes i wrote more than one song a week out of that i've kept three
0: <laughs> i'm very
1: fussy okay i've forgotten all the rest of them
0: yeah i, I don't think that's
1: that uncommon i think okay yeah, yeah i could see that yeah and uh but then it made the lateral moves to comedy clubs. Uh, during that period of time, that the Barbarossa shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, troubles changed hands. Earl bought out the other partners okay. and killed the music there. Because <laughs> he'd lost the Earl of Old Town had, had gone under. Yeah. I mean, the, the market was, was gone. That was it. And uh, I found kind of a second home at the most unlikely place in the world for a comedy club. Where uh, on the northwest side of Chicago, Narragansett Belmont? Okay, up in that in the Jefferson Park neighborhood, which is if in that part of town in those days, I don't know how it is now, but back then this is now we're talking you know mid to late seventies, mm-hmm. and uh, if it wasn't a polka band or a heavy metal band, they didn't know what the hell to do with it. <laughs> Comedy club in the middle of everything. You know? I
0: like that. That's the
1: is you polka or are you metal. Which yeah, one are yeah, you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> there was one disco in the whole neighborhood. I mean, huh. in the whole side of town. Honestly okay, God. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it was it was fun every once in a while on my way home from from the, it was called Colbert's Comedy Cove. Yeah, the comedy club that I was in. Every once in a while, I'd stop off at this disco. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was fun to watch all these guys because it's very blue collar Mm neighborhood trying to do John Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and it it was fun to watch. It really was. Right. But at Cobart's, I was there two to four times a week. I emceed their their showcase night on Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the new talent night, the open mic. And was frequently there on one or two days in the weekend, either as an act or as the MC. Okay. And uh, I was also playing a place in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, it was called the Comedy Cottage. See, now I only see Rosemont now. Maybe it was different then, but for me right now, all it is is convention centers. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> that. Okay, it wasn't that. This is depressing. The building. Where this place was no longer exists. Okay. Where the building was, where the comedy cottage was, is now the entrance to the parking lot of an office building. <laughs> it's not even the damn parking lot. It's the entrance little uh, ramp. Uh, which is it? That's just depressing. Right. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But these were wonderful places. Um, uh, and you know we learned our craft. You know we were doing, okay, where we were doing five to ten minutes, a show. And getting big gas money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much like comedians, it's like they, yeah. you know, they give you five or fifteen. Yeah, I mean, you got twenty five if you were the MC.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Whee! Right. <laughs> yeah. But
0: you're in between each act. Right. So you, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, there were still, I- I- even then, there were still a few acoustic music acts that I could do. And those were, the good ones were 50 bucks a night, mm-hmm. which is still the good wage. I would just, you know, if you get paid at all, you're probably getting paid 50 bucks. Otherwise, you're getting the door or a dip jar. Yeah. You know, which is... But and this, there were still a few of those 50 bucks a nights. I was living in an apartment that was 150 bucks a month. Oh, so if I could get three fifty $50 a night gigs in a month, I had my rent right one more and I could eat yeah I was gonna say you, there, there's other expenses in there, but I get what you're saying. yeah yeah, one more I could eat. I could make a living off of you know 450buck well, gig a month. Well, then here's and a question you know,
0: let me, let me let me ask you about this then if if that's true. And me being a musician myself as well, why do we do this then? If you're just, (laughs) if if you're just scraping by to do it, if you're just, or even not even possibly getting the 50, the $350 shows, you you know, know, (laughs) like, why do we even
1: do it? Well, I, for me, I, I, it's, I have to do this. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, i yeah I I I, there, I went through a period where it, it when the, when I finally got set up with, with comedy cuz comedy was kind of drifting into sh- the, what it is largely now which is shared anger.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: you know uh and and that, I wasn't comfortable with that at all. Mm-hmm. And I I learned that craft from a bunch of old vaudevillians uh so I still have kind of a bee in my bonnet about four letter words Mm -hmm. about language. Yeah. Um, and it was getting to be all obscenities and, and, and shared anger. And I just wasn't comfortable. So I left comedy, found a job with a a fronting up country covers band for several years.
0: (laughs) So this whole time you were just being a musician. You weren't like, I do it on the weekends while I work a day job sort of thing. Well,
1: when, once the comedy thing wound down, yeah, then I had to go, uh, start doing day jobs. Okay. And, uh, and it was uh, – what I found was industrial temping is the perfect thing for me. Okay. You know, because you go in and, you know, you're there for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe a month. Yeah. And then you're free. But the, the, I found that a lot of the temp agencies are pretty flexible if I make it clear, clear walking in. Using corporate, it put it in corporate terms saying music is my core business. Mm -hmm. I'm a musician, I want to do gigs, man. You know, no, if I say, you know, put it to them in in business terms, you know, music is my core business, Mm -hmm. they're pretty flexible about it. I can get off and go tour for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and come back and still be working, yeah. You know, so that has worked for me when I've needed it um interesting insight i is,
0: didn't think of that that's yeah okay good
1: yeah <laughs> i mean that's yeah, when we're done with this i'm off to do <laughs> a temp job oh no kidding because i bet the I, jigs haven't been there but the pandemics killed, like killed a very everything. good point you it's, know.
0: wow yeah it's comedy clubs all over again only it's a national pandemic yeah
1: really <laughs> you know it's just oh dear i love this is true I, it, it, I was so mad when when this thing started i had the best tour i had ever Booked, oh, I've talked to for a few people September. that have
0: said that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had seriously in two and a half weeks, I had three thousand dollars worth of work. Mm, yeah, gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be able to get that back next year, and next year again, I'd be, you know would be the my fiftieth year in show business. And yeah. uh, so I've got a really good publicity hook to hang it all, on, <laughs> which it's true. gives me a better selling point. Yeah, you know.
0: Okay. Well, so. h- how do you get the word out there about that? Like when you do book shows, I guess. I guess now I'm interested. That is. One of the fun things about this new season of the podcast that I'm doing is I get to find out how... Last time it was all like, how are you adjusting to the way the world is? Now it's, how are you adjusting to getting back to the way
1: the world yeah. was? So how are you getting your stuff out okay, there? Okay, uh, at this point, I have, I have a, a, a... I found uh, from the National Library Association, they have a listing... Really, all the
0: libraries, okay, state by state, <laughs> <laughs> makes
1: sense. And I suppose I go, I, I go through this and I find their websites if they have them. Mm-hmm. I mean, some are very, very small and they don't have them. Yeah, you know, don't don't even have a website or, you know. And uh, at which point I kind of write them out because they're not going to have the money to hire me. I you know need to get at least two hundred to make this worth doing.
0: You're you like know. Jim Rockford, two hundred a day plus expenses. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah really. <laughs> But uh, I like the reference. Thank you, thank you. I've
0: been watching the Rockford Files lately. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
1: Um, but uh, you know, I I go through, and it's largely I have a kind of a standard couple of emails Mm -hmm. to pitch that. Uh, I also, you know, go through uh, uh, some Google searches to do. when I'm staying local to do uh, nursing homes, to do senior centers.
0: I saw that you actually had some booked yeah. at least somewhat
1: steadily over the past few months. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I've got, I think my next one is January 9th out in spring green. Okay. And, uh, which is fun. I liked it. You know, I'm doing basically standards, mm-hmm. which I like. They're great songs, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, uh, but how I get the word out again is largely email, sometimes phone calls, because sometimes you don't get an email. And sometimes the emails you send, a lot of libraries will have a kind of general information yeah. email thing. And when you're going through that, you never get the right person <laughs> that you got to talk to. And on the, I see one of those. I will go ahead and make a phone call. Mm-hmm. And whoever answers the phone, okay, who's in charge of... Uh, booking special events mm-hmm. and, you know uh, which readings. is not something
0: you normally think of when you think of libraries but it's like yeah it's true there are special events at libraries all the time so, so okay. you
1: know, who's in charge of the, a lot of the times it turns out to be whoever's in in, in, uh, in charge of adult literature Mm-hmm. But you can, then you make your pitch, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got an email go, that goes directly <laughs> right. to whoever it is you need to talk to, and you can send out your demo material. I have, you know, I have three uh, videos that I keep permanently on, on, on YouTube. And
0: you use them for your... And I've
1: links okay. out to, the, to those three. This is kind of what the show looks like. And I have two shows that I do for mm-hmm. libraries. One is, that was Vaudeville.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other one is uh, still kind of in development, but it works, which is How to Grow Old Disgracefully. (laughs) Okay. I'm 67. You know, this is... And you're still and, doing it. So, yeah, still, you know. I'm you, still here. You you're, know. So,
0: you're able to sing a song about it. That makes you know, sense. You
1: know, now, again, that's songs, that's comedy, that's well, whatever comes into my head that relates to the subject. And you've got a duo that you do as well. As, yes, with an, an, uh, Sandy Andina, who lives down in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been doing this for, now. oh, good grief. It's got to be uh, a good 30 years. Wow. How but did we, that start? Uh, there used to be a little club down in i met her uh, in the barbarossa which i mentioned earlier yeah uh but i got together with her and started working with her in a, in a place called his and hers which again is another place where the building doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> you, it used to you're be just right, like bad luck for building yeah, it, it used to be right next to the addison l station in chicago but they tore the building down when they expanded the all, all the L stations. Okay. <laughs> Back in the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s. Yeah. But it was his and hers, and this was unique because this is like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep in mind, this is the 70s that we're talking about, and this was a place that was designed to accommodate everyone—black, white, gay, straight, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a the wonderful little place. Um. And I booked there a few times. I was an absolute regular on the open mic. The way I got started with Sandy is we we uh, we got booked. The, the owner's name was Marge Summit, and somebody came up with the idea we should roast Marge for her birthday. Okay, <laughs> o- always a great idea. Yeah, roast the <laughs> club owner. You know, <laughs> bite the hand that feeds yeah. you. Uh, you know, I, and, I, I don't feel did. like working here anymore. So let's do this. <laughs> oh, which she was wonderful about it. You know, it was. I, I wanted somebody came up with the idea of of uh, you know we should do a singing telegram, mm-hmm. and then we're all sitting around this table. and Everybody's you know going, yeah, but who can we get who's crazy enough to deliver a singing telegram at random? And everybody starts looking at me. Right. <laughs> One of the bartenders, Mars, owned the building. Okay. okay. So she rented out apartments upstairs. One of her bartenders was also one of her tenants. Okay. He lived upstairs. He was an actor and he had a bunch of stuff, a bunch yeah. of costume bits up there. We pieced together a bag lady. <laughs> okay so i've gone out, i've done everything i've had taken a pie in the face a, dress, a bag lady. I've
0: i suppose if you're going to be labeled in a grass va-
1: skirt with strategically placed coconuts I, yeah you know. vaudevillian that yeah, makes yeah, sense you know yeah it was it was a wonderful place but uh that's where i met her and we started working together we had also put together a song we had figured out uh an arrangement for uh, a fine romance okay uh uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers oh, okay. did it in, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh I think the movie is called Melody Time. Right. A fine romance, my good woman. <laughs> you know, and 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 it's a wonderful song, but we worked out an arrangement for it that worked mm-hmm. uh with two guitars and and our voices. Uh and we've been doing and as we'd done gigs over in our Chicago, we'd sit down and do other gigs and we'd do this. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh when Sandy uh released her first CD. Uh, she asked me to come down. And okay, come down to Chicago. I had moved to Madison by that time. Okay. Uh, she asked me to come down to Chicago and, and do her CD release party. And around when was this? Uh, there had to be, yeah, that's about 30 years ago, somewhere. on that. I'd been, no, it has to be 25 because I came, I came here in October of 94. Okay. Is when I moved to Madison. Okay. I hadn't worked in a while uh, in, in music. There just weren't any venues. There wasn't a band up front. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of friends of mine had moved up here and we were playing bars regularly and they needed a front man. Okay. <laughs> just, Steve, you want to come up here? we got work for you every week. Right, right. You know? Okay, cool. And you know? uh, I've been here since. Okay. So this, I think, would probably be about 96 seven or eight okay okay went down there and we did a fine romance and we faked our way through about two or three other songs just because we we're having a good time yeah and by the time it was done we kind of looked at each other we should make an act out of this <laughs> we should do this right you know two three years later we we made a cd mm-hmm. which is uh which is called because we can <laughs> <laughs> after one of Sandy's songs, which actually was a hit with Dr. Demento. Oh, nice. <laughs> For a while. You know? That's always handy. Yeah. Shortly after that, I made my first solo CD, uh, Facing Monday. Okay. Uh, Where were you recording these CDs at? Uh, we recorded the first two with a guy named Mike Wiegman, who was okay. – uh, He's out of the business now. Okay. He, he got out of it.
0: Did he have long blonde hair? Yeah. Okay, he used to work at the Paramount Music Hall. He was a sound guy there. And yeah, then he worked at the MMI, yeah, uh, Mattis Media too. Yeah, okay. great guy. Mike, I love him. Yeah. we used to call him Surfer Mike.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and Mike uh, recorded our first, uh, uh, you know, duo CD and my first solo CD. Okay, we had, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was a little crazy, mm-hmm. uh, but that was 2002, and I was I was in a very strange place. My First wife had passed away in January. Oh no! And she had a photograph, uh, which is uh, the, the which became the cover of it. And I always swear I'd make a new, a new album cover. It was a blurry picture of. Our bathroom in Chicago, but the camera had malfunctioned and actually taken a bite out of the film. Oh. So it's a very stark picture with this blurry bath, the dark bathroom, and then these big bites out of it. Weird. And I always thought that looks like Monday morning. <laughs> I, like, I like that you went with a sarcastic twist instead of like ghosts and haunted. <laughs> no. That looks like Monday. But it was the first time I saw the photograph. I said. And I said, I'm going to write a song called Facing Monday. And that's going to be the, the the cover. Well, the song "Facing Monday" really didn't come together until after she, after she died, and it was about that. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of my coping mechanism. Yeah. to write this song. Um,
0: no, even the concept of it sounds really. It, it sounds moving. You yeah, know, it's
1: it, it worked and, and it works. Um, here, I have, uh, I, I when I got up here almost immediately. Uh, I got New Year's Eve going into 90 my first gig up here was uh, at the old Anchor Inn
0: mm-hmm. right down the street from here
1: yeah um, New Year's Eve 94 going into 95 okay and I was opening for a blues band so here we are in this biker bar I'm this little folk singer <laughs> opening for a blues band, and they didn't know I was going to be there.
0: Oh, uh, that's always <laughs> These fun. These were the
1: guys who had asked me to come up and front their country band. They okay. They also worked as a blues band. These are all blues musicians anyway. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, okay, you can turn a bunch of white blues musicians into a country band easily. Just second, first and third, guys. First right. First and third. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's...
0: A little more lap steel guitar, and then we got it.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and... Uh, so you know, I did that. From that, I wound up hosting uh, twice a month their acoustic uh, jam night. Okay, which is every Thursday, and I was one of. Three I may have actually houses. gone to that. So yeah. uh,
0: I've gone. I, I know I've gone to one at least in my lifetime over at the Anchor yeah. Inn. So, huh.
1: and every once in a while, I get hired uh, over over at uh, Mother Fools as MC for their open mic that they did once a month. Yeah. And uh, that, from there, uh, a friend of mine named Ira McDonald, uh, who now lives, I think, up on the UP. Okay. Uh, he uh, had started an open mic at a place called Speed Jump Java Joint, which used to be over on uh, East Johnson. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right across the street from Bernie's Rock Shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had gotten a job that was going to take him out of state take him back to Michigan
0: mm-hmm.
1: and was looking for somebody to take over the open mic. <laughs> yeah. And he talked me into it. You know? So, okay. I, this open mic, we were the best night they had that the place had <laughs> for, oh. for a couple of years. Um, and this happened with every venue we were in. We went to three venues. Yeah. When that closed down, we wound up at a place over on Sherman called uh, urban market, that storefront is now uh, a real estate office. And what is it went, with you in buildings, man? I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> then we wound up at, at a place called Escape Java It was out here on Willie Street. Mm-hmm. at the sandwich shop now. Right.
0: Yeah, and Anchor Inn isn't there anymore. Oh, you
1: know. Uh, <laughs> I've outlived more venues. <laughs> well,
0: I guess that's a testament, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: yeah they're gone. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I did that for six years. Okay, and uh, if I finally kind of just burnt out on it, you know, there was I, I had nothing left really to contribute. I'd been doing this every week for six years.
0: And when you were doing this, was it you were doing this instead of touring, or is touring? I was what occasionally
1: did? touring, so okay. you know, if I had to go out out of town for a while, I could usually find somebody to sub. Okay. Yeah, Ron Dennis w- was good. Um, I
0: suppose it is an open mic, and you just yeah. kind of pick the first person and go, "Hey, want to do this for a little while?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not to belittle what it but is. No, <laughs> uh, Ron was was always, you know, part of this. Ron was part of what he had taken over Iris' open mic for a little while. Okay. And uh, and he has run other open mics. Yeah. So Ron was good for it. If Ron couldn't do it, I go to, to to Nancy. You know, it was. Uh, I have to say, uh Madison's most prolific songwriter. Hmm. But she really started performing on my open mic when it was an urban market because she lived across the street. Okay. <laughs> she came in over it was, every Friday. She it was, was easy enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when she started out, it was beautiful. She would start out on this little bitty Casio uh-huh. uh, keyboard, kind of leaning off of the mic about five <laughs> so mm-hmm. it took a while to talk her into, you know, into the mic. There, yeah. Into the mic. But the, eventually, she started bringing her full keyboard, slapping that across the street, and wow. started writing. And she's off and running. She's a, a, one of the movers and shakers now in form. February album writing month, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a, an online challenge to write t- uh, twenty-eight songs in. February one. <laughs> 14 songs in the twenty-eight days of February.
0: Yeah. No, there's you know, another one, do. too, called the RP, uh, RPM, which is, I don't yeah. remember what it stands for anymore. But, yeah, I don't know why everybody picks February to do that. Maybe just because there's nothing. No, January's the month that nothing's going on. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Just had a little February thought, is a shorter month.
1: It's, you know, 14 is a, it's an easier mark to Yeah, to that's hit. true. On the other hand, they have a they have another, they've another they developed another channel. It's called, uh, I think it's called 4090, mm-hmm. which is. June, July, and August, right? 40 songs in those three months. Yeah. You know, and she's done that and then exceeded it beyond that, too. Wow. I mean, she's she's just amazing. Yeah. Um, That... It's only two years out that she finally recorded a blanket CD. <laughs> We've been after her for years, you know. So we, she just got all these some songs. Of these up, it, you know, somewhere. Well, record this
0: stuff. And after a while, it gets harder because then it's like, I can only pick this many. You yeah. know, you, you got that many songs and stuff like that. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So, but what about you? What have you been writing these days? How are you I've been writing write? comedy yeah I've been, I've been uh i'm preparing to start doing a, a a regular online show which will go on vimeo and on uh youtube and, and was this
0: inspired by the fact that we were all learning how to do online video this past well, year no, i
1: was doing it about five six years ago on a on a uh on, a, on an internet broadcasting station uh called red dragon tv yeah by which ari there john anymore. yeah ari well ari john fell on hard times and you know, he lost the building. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Oh, my God. You know. Again
0: with the buildings.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, 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 you know, and, and now he is, he has turned to the to the ministry. And that's oh. what he's using his tech for. And huh. Cool. Interesting. You know, yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of on my own. But I, for, for a couple of years, I did a VJ show uh, called Escape to Music. Okay. And a comedy show, which originally was called the Andina Rich Comedy Hour. Yeah. And eventually turned into a thing called Wackazoids.
0: Wackazoids. Now, is this more in the, would you say it's like the Dr. Demento sort of comedy? No, or no. You,
1: this, okay. is, this is a visual comedy. This is part Rowan and Martin's laugh in. Come on, really? Part Muppet Show, part Adult Swim, and part uh, MTV in its heyday. Wow. You man. know, I mean, elements from You have no idea the imagery
0: that's going in through my head right <laughs> you know, now. Okay. So
1: it's a lot of short sketches. Okay. You know, short gags. Songs, some longer sketches. I've got some longer sketches, like uh, an advice thing called I call that I call "Ask Uncle Fungus." (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hosted by, hi, I'm your host William Tecumseh Peabody. (laughs) I like uh, that you're doing this. That's fun. Yeah, and it is. It's a lot of fun to do, and I don't have to travel. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you know, and I can monetize. I can monetize that. You're right. Yeah, I can monetize this. And uh, I'm going to, you know, like I said, I'm going to do a big tour next year, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to do a lot of touring after that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I can't resist the PR hook of my 50th anniversary show business. Right. I mean, I can't walk away from that.
0: Well, and as far as promoting the um, the online video show that you're creating yeah. i mean it sounds like you do your you do your groundwork you you contact the people i mean the whole thing with like going through the list of libraries and then finding the people and emails and knowing where to send them i, oh, yeah. I like the fact that you put in the groundwork for this type oh, yeah. of stuff so it'd be interesting to see what you do with an online
1: event yeah it, it's you know and again it's a you know it's all pre-recorded and i've i've, I've spent years now learning right. how, to, how to edit this thing and yeah the, the the couple of years with uh with, with uh Red Dragon TV. Yeah. was was an education all the way around. Learned from experience I, totally. You know, I learned animation, I learned, you know, editing. Yeah. You know, I actually learned a certain level of filmmaking because there's a lot of Live action and and puppet stuff that you know you just I love we that did in puppets studios. in it. You <laughs> do know. you make the puppets? What are you? No, I I I, I do a little sketch called it Store Bought Puppet Theater, and these are okay. puppets I found like in thrift shops, toy stores, okay. whatever. So know. they're they're just a ragtag group of, of muppets or yeah. Puppets, yeah, yeah, puppets. Yeah, puppets. Yeah. Uh, little hand puppets I have a little sketch That I do The one That I, that I completed And I'm gonna rework Because I found All the originals <laughs> And mm-hmm. I can re-edit This thing And make it shorter And snappier
0: Yeah
1: uh, Is uh, uh, Which is very important yeah, yeah Chicken little 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 chicken Yeah <laughs> And there's a running gag, everybody addresses him as a little chicken. Why
0: does everybody get my name backwards? I, I never expected you to be doing
1: voices. You know. <laughs> I love it. Everybody you know, everybody in it is a puppet except for the wizard that they finally finally go to a wizard. Okay. And the wizard is me in a wizard costume. Of course. <laughs> doing you, doing a Phil Silver's impression. I love it. Yes, well little chicken. What seems to be the problem today? Oh my god. <laughs> You know, ultimately he solves the problem the sky is falling by making it rain. Yeah. What do you mean make it rain? How does that help? Little chicken, <laughs> if the rain's going to come down, the sky has to stay up. I was not expecting
0: this. I don't know how to react.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, laugh. That's uh, no, why no, I do I am, this. I am, okay. I yeah. So when do when are the plans for this uh to come out? Like when are you thinking of doing this? This is I'm I'm hoping to get you know, at least five episodes in the can before the end of July. Oh, nice! And, and wow, so it's actively in the yeah, process. Okay, yeah, it's in process now. I've got a lot of footage that we we uh, shot at uh, Red Dragon TV Studio. You get to that repurpose that, used. yeah. I yeah. can repurpose oh, a lot that's of it. Brilliant. There's stuff I've never used. I've got stuff. John Duggleby. I don't know if you know John Duggleby. I don't think so. John Duggleby, very si- fine uh, singer songwriter locally. He also does children's programs and when he does huh. that he does that dressed as a chicken. Okay. As one does. Yeah. yeah, you know. And so I've got stuff of him in the chicken suit. Awesome. Also him in the chicken suit interacting with my chicken puppets. <laughs> you know, so okay. I've got all kinds of stuff going here. I've got animations, uh I'm working on working out a sketch. I have uh, an uh, interview of TV interview shows. Okay. You know, the the cable news or the Sunday morning gab fest. Gotcha. All right. and I haven't decided on the title yet. It's either going to be Meet the Depressed or Disgrace the Nation. Nice. <laughs> like I just haven't made that decision. But that can be an ongoing sketch of interviews because mm-hmm. politicians are always doing strange and Disconcerting things. Yes. <laughs> we we've, we've covered so much subjects right now. It's, <laughs> We're all over the place.
0: Well, but if people did want to learn more about you or see the stuff that you're doing, or if they wanted to, um, when you do come out with yeah. the video, like where where should people go to find out more Stephen
1: about it? dot Okay, I am also at OldYodeler on Twitter. Nice, love it. I am I'm on Facebook. Mm-hmm. As well, but you know the main thing is is the the website stephenleerich.com, also andinaandrich.com for the duo. For the duo, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, great. I want to thank you
1: so much for coming out and talking to me. Thank you for having me. I've had a great time. <laughs>